0: Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Bible Truth for Living. This is Pastor Tim Reynolds. Today's message is titled, Who Says? Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 20 Tells us, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest or revealed in them, For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Back in the 1950s, a psychologist and psychiatrist shared the conventional wisdom that crime is caused by environment. They joined professions and began a 17-year study involving thousands of hours of clinical testing of 250 inmates in a local prison. To their astonishment, 17 years later, they discovered that the cause of crime could not be traced to environment, to poverty, or to oppression. Instead, what they discovered was that crime is the result of individuals making wrong moral choices. Now, I could have saved them 17 years and thousands of hours of testing and told them that right off. Why? Because the first two people were given the perfect environment and it didn't take long for them to mess it up. You can put man in the best environment. You can give him an education. You can boost his economic standing and still he will sin because of a sin nature. How we make moral choices in this world is often based on our worldview. A worldview is a set of beliefs based upon experiences that produce specific behaviors. In other words, people do what they believe because behavior is an outcome of their belief. For example, there are two basic worldviews that I believe people hold to as the foundation of their morality. Number one, is a secular or natural worldview. Uh, I believe that's our default worldview. It's how we see the world based on life experiences, uh, relationships, uh, economic status, environment, education. All of these things create and form a secular or natural worldview. The other worldview is a sacred or biblical worldview. It is not a default worldview. It is a developed worldview. A sacred or biblical worldview is developed by what researcher George Barnett calls the seven cornerstones of a biblical worldview. Here they are. Number one, a biblical understanding of God and who he is. Number two, an awareness that all human beings are sinful and our choices have moral consequences. Number three, a belief that the The consequences of sin can only be forgiven through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Number four. A belief that the entire Bible is true without error and is man's best moral guide for living. Number five, that absolute moral truth exists as defined by God in His Word. Number six, that the ultimate purpose of life is to know, love, and serve God. And number seven, that success in life is best understood as consistent obedience to God. Now, what is interesting is that Barna's research found that only 3% of U.S. adults embrace all seven of these cornerstones and 20%, that is one in five U.S. adults reject All seven. Is it any wonder that we have a moral crisis in America today? We have no one to say what is right and what is wrong. Who says? Who says that I have to behave this way or that I can't do that? So today, what we have is subjective truth. I have my truth. You have your truth. I do what feels right to me. You do what feels right to you. In that situation, man is left to his own sense of morality based upon personal beliefs, based upon fallible law a propaganda-driven press, and shady professors to help us determine what morality is. Now, God has provided us with four sources to prove His reality and to base our morality upon. I'm going to give you those four today. Number one, we have the source of creation. In the text that we read in Romans 1 and verse 20, the Bible says, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. You see, we have the source of creation to tell us there is a God, and then, therefore, we can base our morality on what God says. Now, what sources of creation are there? Well, the animals tell us that there is a God. Listen, please, to Job chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. You know, your animals, they can't talk verbally, uh, but they tell us some things. Listen to this. Job 12 and verse 7 says, But ask now the beasts, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee. Or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee, and the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee. Who knoweth not in all these, in all of these things mentioned, that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this? The evolutionist wants to tell us that we're just the product of uh, natural selection and survival of the fittest. But when you have the, uh, you see the companionship of a pet, the joy of going fishing, a walk through the woods, a trip to the zoo, if you'll listen closely, you Hear them crying out the existence of a creator God. We are not the product of chance. We are the product of God's creative hand, and even the animals are smart enough to tell us that. And then the atmosphere tells us that there is a God. Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2 say, For the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth. Knowledge, the air we breathe, the hope of a beautiful sunrise, the beauty of a sunset, the wonder of the cloud formations, the endless number of stars on a clear night. You know, David said, When I go out and I look up above and I consider all of the heavens and I see that, I think, What is man that thou art mindful of him? If you'll just listen, the atmosphere will declare the existence of a creator. And then the animals, the atmosphere, and our Anatomy tells us that there is a God. Psalm 139. Listen now to verse 14. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. That's speaking of the moment of conception as the body begins to grow in the womb. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. God began writing things about you in his book before you were completely formed. Jesus tells us that even the very hairs of our head are numbered. That's how important we are to God. The anatomy of the human body tells us there is a creator. The ability of our eyes to see, our lungs to breathe, our ears to hear, our skin to to Feel our tongue to taste our mind to think our limbs to move. If you'll just listen to your own body, it declares the existence of of a creator. Augustine said, Men go abroad to wonder at the height of mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long courses of the rivers, at the vast compass of the oceans, at the circular motions of the stars, and they pass by themselves and they never even notice. Beloved, we have the source of creation to tell us there is a God on whom we can base our morality upon. And then we have number two, the source of conscience. Back in the book of Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. The Bible says, for when the Gentiles, that is referring to the unbelieving world, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law. You say a person knows not to kill. They just know that by nature. You don't have to have a law to tell you that, not to steal or to lie. So they do by nature those things contained in the law. These having not the law are a law to themselves. How? Well, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience. There it is, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. Morality is not simply a human construct but it is a reflection of God's character. Since we are made in the image of God, that includes receiving the character traits of God. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So since we are creations of God and reveal his character, that includes the conscience that God Has given us. Man's conscience reveals God's character. That is what differentiates human beings from animals and the rest of creation. Now, I want you to notice something that the conscience does. There in Romans 2 and verse 15, the Bible says the conscience and the thoughts accusing or excusing one another. I want to talk about that. There are two types of conscience. Number one, there is what Paul calls here an accusing conscience. An accusing conscience. An accusing conscience will produce three responses. Number one, your conscience will produce conviction, all right? That means you feel guilty about something. Guilt is a good thing. You should feel guilty when you sin. When you hear a preacher preach and say you're a sinner and you need to get saved, you don't want to go to hell, conviction comes upon a person. You begin to feel guilty for your sin. That's what an accusing conscience does. That's good, conviction. And then conviction, number two, should produce confession. Confession is agreement with God. If we confess our sins, the Bible says. And so you have conviction that leads to confession. The third thing then that is produced is correction. That is behavior. So conviction, guilt, produces confession, which is agreement. I was wrong. I should not have done that. And then correction changes the behavior. That is exactly the salvation process. We are convicted of our sin. We confess. The Bible says with the mouth we confess our sins. Sin we confess, and then confession will bring correction into our life. That's an accusing conscience. But wait a minute! Don't just rely on your conscience, because your conscience can also be an excusing conscience. There are three responses of the excusing conscience. In other words, making excuses. Number one, our conscience can rationalize our behavior. You know, we can say this: "Well, I stole that because." I knew they wouldn't miss it. They have enough, so I I think it's okay to steal from them. Or I stole that because uh, I need it. Uh, Or I lied because of this. That's situational ethics. It's okay to, to lie and cheat and steal if the situation calls for it. And it becomes real easy to rationalize our sin. So our conscience, be real careful. You know, someone says, let your conscience be your guide. That's not wise. Because your conscience, yes, it can accuse, and it can bring conviction, confession, and correction But it can also rationalize sin. And the next step of after rationalizing is we begin to minimize in other words, our behavior becomes something that's not such a big deal. Well, I don't think it's that big a deal to lie. I didn't hurt anybody. It's okay to steal once in a while. We rationalize and then we minimize, we play it down. And then if you're not careful, the next production of an excusing conscience after rationalizing and minimizing is we begin to normalize it. And when you normalize sin, no longer is there any guilt or shame involved. It becomes easier and easier to do that. We see that in our culture today. Things that before would have embarrassed us has become normal. That is what the Bible calls having a seared conscience. First Timothy 4 and verse 2 says, having their conscience seared or calloused over with a hot iron. And so you have the source of creation and the source of conscience to tell us that there is a God after which we need to base our morality on what God says. If that's not enough, here's the third source. That is the source of God's commandments. We have the Ten Commandments given first in Exodus chapter 20. I'm not going to read every verse. I'm just going to hit the highlights of the commandments. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3 says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Verse 7, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, specifically, that was for the Jews. We are to remember the Lord's day. That should be a special day for us. Verse 12, honor thy father and thy mother. Verse 13, thou shalt not kill. Verse 14, thou shalt not commit adultery. Verse 15, thou shalt not steal. Verse 16, thou shalt not bear false witness or lie. Verse 17, thou shalt not covet. You shouldn't desire heavily what someone else has. Now, if creation and conscience have not helped establish the reality of God and the morality of man, then we have God's commandments to consider. When a culture has an inconsistent, ever-changing set of rules for what is right and what is wrong, and that's what we have today, we we no longer have the Ten Commandments posted in our schools, and and, uh, it's pushed out of other places. When you have that happen, man begins to produce his own set of morality. The Bible tells us that clearly in the book of Romans, chapter 10, and verse 3. The Bible says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, His commandments, going about to establish their own righteousness. Then our morality is based on what we feel about it or what our experience has been. But God has given us the source of his commandments of how to live. So we have the source of creation. We have the source of conscience. We have the source of commandments. Number four, we have the source of Jesus Christ himself. Now, this is specifically for Christians. The life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ provides the greatest source of morality for mankind. Here's why. Because when we get saved, His righteousness becomes our righteousness. Uh, you, you know, you've heard the saying, What would Jesus do? WWJD. Well, why, how do we know what Jesus would do? Not only do we have the Word of God, but we have Christ in us giving us direction. That means Listen, no longer do we decide what is right and wrong, but Christ makes that decision for us. If we have him in our heart and we're following him, then he decides. It really takes a lot of pressure off of us if you think about it. We begin to do just what Jesus would do. Well, let me give you a couple of examples of that. Romans chapter 10 and verse 4. Tells us this. Well, I'm going to follow up. I'm going to read verse 3 again. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. There it is. You must submit to that. You do that when you get saved. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Which means we don't need the law to tell us what to do. We have Christ. He tells us what to do. We're following his orders. Verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Beloved, what I think the Bible is telling us there is that when we receive Christ, He becomes our righteousness. We take on His behavior. We take on what He wants us to do. We no longer call the shots. You know, the Bible tells us what. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit that that dwells in you you are not your own why for you are bought with a price the price what is that that's speaking of the precious shed blood of jesus christ he paid that price so now he owns us now to the unbeliever that sounds crazy nobody's gonna own me no if you're saved you get that clearly christ owns me Uh, in fact paul puts it this way listen to galatians 2 and verse 20 he says i am crucified with christ That means it's no longer me. I'm I'm crucified right there with him. Nevertheless, I live. Now, that sounds like a a contradiction. How am I crucified with Christ, and how do I live? What Paul is saying is that my uh, things I want to do, my desires, I die to that. But now I'm living. Now, listen to this. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. He's living in me. Therefore, he is living through me and out of me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I guess we could answer the question, who says? Who says what is right and wrong? Well, let's see. I I think I'll go by what Hollywood says. You know, they they seem to be doing real well there in Hollywood. And and I'll go by what the actors and actresses and and screenwriters and the the entertainers say. No, you look at their lives and what a mess they are. So I wouldn't go by what they say is right and wrong. Wait, Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll go by the lawmakers. You know, I'll go by the Democrats and the Republicans and what they say is right and wrong. Well, how's that working out for us? I think you can just check that out for yourself, and that's, that's not going well. Uh, how about the media? I'll let the media decide what is right and wrong, and I'll let Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or some other news source tell me what is right and wrong. Well, again, uh, that, that won't get you very far because uh, that won't work. How about education? I know if a person has a Ph.D., they know what's right and wrong and I'll live by what they say is the correct way to live. No, if you study their lives, I'm sure they have mistakes in their life as well. You see, we've been given these four things by God to determine our morality. Number one, we have the source of creation. Think about everything that God is, you know, if you see a beautiful painting, that tells you there, there had to be an artist. Well, creation tells us there has to be a creator. Number two, you have a conscience, and that conscience can help you to understand what is right and wrong. Now, if you if you don't listen, pretty soon you begin to rationalize and minimize and normalize sinful behavior. So don't just trust the conscience, but God has given that to us. Number three, he's given us commandments. Clearly, we know you're not to kill or steal or commit adultery and, and lie and all of those things. And then he's given us Jesus Christ himself, so that when we get saved, it's Christ that's making the decisions. And it is he who lets us know what is right and wrong. You know, the Bible doesn't just spell every little thing out. Now this is right and this is wrong. No, it gives us principles. And then we have the Holy Spirit of God to help us to make those decisions in our lives. And so we have a great Uh, opportunity as well as responsibility to understand how and where we get our sense of morality in a culture that is becoming less moral all the time. It's more difficult now than ever to know what is right, what is wrong. How do we do this? How do we live morally? Well, we follow what the Bible tells us and use the sources that God has provided. Well, as I conclude the message today, I'd like to give you a personal invitation to one of the churches I have the privilege uh, privilege of pastoring first of all mount vernon baptist temple we're located at 817 woodland drive just off of route 37 south in mount vernon we begin every sunday from 9 to 9 30 we have a breakfast and fellowship time in our cafeteria followed by sunday school classes for all ages at 9 30 And then at 10 o'clock, we have our morning worship service, and I preach in that service. And then back uh, on Sunday night at 6 o'clock, we'll be preaching at that time as well. And then Wednesday night, Bible study at 6 o'clock too. So we have those things going on. And then of course, other activities. uh, You can check out more about Mount Vernon Baptist Temple by uh, calling us at 618-244-5404, or you can find us online at mountvernonbaptisttemple.com. And then the other Church is Waltonville Community Church. We begin there at 1115 every Sunday morning. So if you like a little bit later start or maybe you live out that direction toward Waltonville, we encourage you to come to Waltonville Community Church. And uh, we're located at 321 South Hyron Street, just right across from the Waltonville Grain Elevators and Waltonville Cafe. And we'd love to have you there. You can also call or text us at 618-315-1111. And you can find us online at waltonvillecommunitychurch.com both churches provide bus transportation if you need a ride to church contact us and we'll make sure you get there and then finally I want to thank all of those who listen to us faithfully on the radio every Sunday morning those who also listen to us on the Bible Truth Podcast don't forget that's available to listen to all of our messages at any time and we thank you for your listening we thank you for your prayers for this ministry as we continue to preach God's word we've done this now for nearly 50 years. And we thank you for that. And then I also want to give a special thanks to those who support us financially. It is you who helps keep us on the radio and help us with the podcast ministry with your monthly gifts or your annual gifts, however you do that. Everything that comes in goes directly to pay for the ministry. And if you enjoy the preaching and teaching of God's word, I'd ask you to consider being a Bible Truth for Living partner. You can write to us at Bible Truth for Living, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Include your best gift if you want to include a Bible question or a prayer request, maybe a praise, whatever it is, just send that to us. We're always glad to get those, and uh, we thank you for that in advance. The the, uh, announcer will do that again here at the end of the program, but again, let me say how much I appreciate you being a part of our program each week, and uh, we look forward to being with you again at our next appointed time. Until then, this is Pastor Tim Reynolds saying may God bless you is my prayer.